You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is Joe Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Monday, July 27th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you enjoyed the final day of English Premier League action on Sunday. Manchester United back in the Champions League. What a fine day of soccer it was. Uh, really been enjoying lots of sports being back, obviously. And sports have been back uh, to some degree for a while. The Premier League, obviously. MLS, NWSL, PGA Tour. Congratulations uh, to Michael Thompson winning the uh, the Triple M, uh, as I like to call it. The NBA, kind of back. Um, scrimmaging, anyways. That's going to be a, a topic on today's episode, as you'll see soon enough. And, of course, baseball is back. So um, it's been really nice to have sports to watch. Um, my family and I, uh, we've talked about this a lot. We moved to the Rio Grande Valley and Hurricane Hannah has uh, has been around. Uh, we're all good, thank God. Uh, but uh, it was uh, a lot of wind and a lot of rain. Um, so lots of uh, picking up stuff in the yard. Uh, you know how that goes. It was quite a weekend um, for news uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, although not really. Um, and we, of course, uh, do have a great interview to get to today. Uh, we'll get to the news first, but you will hear from Rebecca Lawson Gennaro. Um, Rebecca um, is, uh, is, is the queen of all things Dallas Mavericks. And uh, training camp is here, and we're certainly, we've got a lot of stuff going on uh, here on the podcast network with regards to that. We'll explain that in a second as well. Uh, but I thought, you know, we have a lot of followers um, that also obviously root for the Dallas Mavericks because of the whole Dallas thing, Dallas, 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 um, et cetera. So Rebecca was kind enough to take some time to kind of give us, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, in, in sports coming back, uh, maybe didn't watch the MLS before and said, well, the MLS is back. I'll give it a try. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, the NBA is coming back this week. And so I want to watch and I want to do this, whatever. And so if you don't know a lot about the Dallas Mavericks, this is your kind of just primer. Um, I know we had the great conversation from the bubble on Girls Talking Boys last week with Kelsey and Meg. So uh, this will be your Mavs 101. We'll get there. I did mention that uh, we do have some fun stuff in store for you this week on the network. Uh, starting with uh, today's episode of Girls Talking Boys, you can expect that later on today in your podcast feed. We are building a collective 53, however you want to look at it, 55-man roster uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. So Kelsey and Meg will get things started today. They'll uh, work on the offensive line tomorrow. Tony and I will work on the defensive line, and we'll fill things out. All of our shows will be working on different position groups, and then and at the end of the week, we'll have one final 53-man roster that the BTB Podcast Network put together. So uh, look forward to that starting later today with girls talking boys. On to the news, though, of the weekend. Um, the 
perhaps the most minimal thing, um, the Dallas Cowboys did get all of their draft class under contract. The entire 2020 Dallas Cowboys rookie draft class has all signed their rookie contract, so no holdouts. And, and they're really, you know, we've mentioned this several times, uh, ever since the CBA of 2011, there are rarely holdouts uh, given the rookie wage scale, although somewhere out there, Joey Bosa smiles. Um, so that is going on in the world of, uh, you know, contracts if you care about those things we know that the salary cap floor for 2021 will be 175 million dollars it is expected uh to be that you know it could be more if uh the financial situation is a prosperous one for the nfl but given the financial climate of our country and of our world it's hard to see that happening um it's fair to wonder how the Dallas Cowboys are going to navigate it. Although, uh, at the very least, uh, the Cowboys are hardly the only team that is up a, a bit of a creek uh, from a salary cap perspective next season. The Philadelphia Eagles, oh boy, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle their cap situation next year, um, assuming it is $175 million. Uh, before we get to the Jamal Adams thing, because you know the Jamal Adams thing did happen Sunday evening, there was a report from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that Dallas Cowboys second-year wide receiver John V. Johnson has been placed on the reserve COVID list. In fact, six NFL players have been placed on this list. This is obviously a new thing. We've all heard of reserve and injured reserve and things like that. Here is what the reserve COVID list is, and I wrote about this at our site if you want to go check it out for yourself, blogontheboys.com. This new reserve list category was created for a player who either tests positive for COVID-19 or who has been quarantined after having been in close contact with an infected person or persons. If a player falls into either of these categories, their club is required to immediately place the player on the reserve COVID-19 list. Per agreed-upon NFL-NFLPA policy, clubs are not permitted to comment on players' medical status other than referring to roster status. Clubs may not disclose whether a player is in quarantine or is positive for COVID-19. So again, it is important to mention here that because he's on this list, that does not necessarily mean that John V. Johnson himself tested positive for COVID-19. It's possible that he did. It's also possible that he came in close contact with somebody. Um, he is a second-year wide receiver. It is pet cat season. A lot of people uh, were definitely going to uh, be hyping up John V. Johnson, and so um, that is the update on him. Five other players did join him across the NFL here, um, but so, um, you know, moving on as, as best as we can. Um, on Saturday, it happened. Uh, Jamal Adams, the star safety for the New York Jets, although not anymore, was traded. And uh, we've certainly spent a lot of time here on the podcast network, on the side, on social media, in our own imaginations, thinking and wondering and talking and speculating about uh, the possibility of Jamal Adams joining the Dallas Cowboys. We all know Jamal Adams is the best safety in the NFL, one of the best defenders in the NFL, one of the most special players in the NFL. But the important, the most important word actually in that sentence, that whole descriptor is safety. And the reality is that's not a high value position in the NFL. And we've all been saying, how come the Cowboys haven't done this? Why don't they do this? Go all in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody went all in. And that somebody is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the price that the Seattle Seahawks paid to acquire Jamal Adams from the Jets, who did just about everything he could to get out of New York, uh, was steep. Um, so the Seahawks are receiving in this trade Jamal Adams and the Jets' fourth-round pick in 2022. So not even next year's draft, the following year's draft. Um, so that's uh, worth noting. But uh, 
the Seahawks are giving up Bradley McDougal, a safety in his own right, a first-round pick in 2021, a third-round pick in 2021, and a first-round pick in 2022. That's two first-round picks and a third-round pick and a safety in Bradley McDougal for Jamal Adams and a fourth-round pick two years from now. No thanks to that. Uh, Jamal Adams, very special, very awesome. It would have been a lot of fun, and we would have had a lot of great times, certainly had the Cowboys traded for him, but that is way too steep of a price to pay for really anything other than a quarterback, honestly, um, or, or maybe a, a star pass rusher. Um, I, I just – that's a lot. I mean, and, and Jamal Adams is special, but – I mean, and look, the Seahawks have, have really kind of made their money in the Russell Wilson era uh, by not drafting players in the first round. But that's just – and look, I mean, I think a fair reality here is we have no idea what college football is going to look like this season. I mean, so what does a first-round pick in 2021 really look like? What, what is the pool you're drafting? What, what, what information is available on those players? When you look at it from a competitive lens like that, those are fair points. However – this is so much. And when if, if you just replace Bradley McDougald with Xavier Woods, would you give up Xavier Woods, the next two first-round picks for the Cowboys, a third-round pick next year to get Jamal? And on top of that, you have to pay him. All right? On top of all that, you have to pay him very soon. Um, and and if, if things go south with him, we saw how he acted with the Jets, and I'm not trying to, you know, kind of ride both sides of this fence, but that's a real factor, um, and, and, you know, maybe that's just the Jets of it all. We've seen a lot of players, you know, be disgruntled with the way that organization treats them, but that is um, that is an inordinate amount to give up for any player, and I think it was very wise of the Dallas Cowboys to not be the ones to pay that price. Um but yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah, it is what it is. But Jamal Adams, by the way, who does now play for the Seattle Seahawks, will take on the Dallas Cowboys in Week Three. The Cowboys do visit Seattle in Week Three, assuming a football season happens. So it will be interesting, to say the least, to watch Jamal Adams play against the Dallas Cowboys. Considering, especially what Earl Thomas did in the game he played against the Cowboys after they did not trade for him. Um, yeah. So, good times. Uh, speaking of good times, we had a very good time with Rebecca Lawson-Gennaro here on the podcast. And uh, get ready to learn about the Dallas Mavericks. It was a fun conversation. And, look, I'm a Spurs fan, but I'm, I'm a Spurs and Mavs fan. We, we are a rare breed, but we exist. So, uh, let's learn about the Dallas Mavericks. Here is Rebecca Lawson-Gennaro right here on the Ocho. Pleased to be joined now by the legendary, the iconic, the internationally famous, the one and only you have heard from her better half, uh, I hope she would say, uh, here on our podcast airwaves, the one and only Rebecca Lawson Gennaro, RLG, some strong initials. Rebecca, how goes it? I'm great, RJ. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think you guys are the first husband and wife to both appear on our network, uh, which is a pretty big deal, um, if I say so myself. Well, we are both kind of a big deal. I don't mind saying so myself. So uh, to connect the dots for everybody, your husband, John, uh, is a big deal at SB Nation. Um, the biggest deal, some would say. Um, if anyone asks, if he asks, rather, that's what I said. Um, but uh, yeah, so John was on around the Super Bowl. Uh, we were doing a lot of things together. So his voice was heard. Um, he and I uh, I know we interviewed Cynthia Freeland together, um, and we did a bunch of roundtables and things like that. And so, um, you know, in typical Gennaro fashion, everything I've learned about your family, um, we're keeping things a little bit random, a little bit off, um, off the beaten path um, in a good and spirited way. 
And uh, so we teased this last weekend. This is our Monday episode, uh, but we're recording on Friday, the day after the Dallas Mavericks uh, beat the Los Angeles Lakers in their scrimmage inside the bubble. And um, I figured, you know, a lot of our fans love the Mavericks. And so the restart is happening. You are the queen of all things Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so what do we need to know? Like, like if anybody, because I think there are a lot of people that now especially um, maybe if they weren't big NBA fans or saying there's nothing else, you know, I, I want to get into this now. Who's this Luca guy? He thinks 77 is cool on a basketball uniform for some reason. Um, give, give us the 411 on, on, on the maps. The Mavericks are a really, really fun team. And if you're just getting into them for the first time, or even if you're a longstanding fan, this is, in my opinion, one of the best times in, in their history to be a Mavericks fan. An MFFL, if you will. I try to steer away from that because I think it's corny, but sure. And MSFL. <laughs> um, they have maybe one of the most, if not the most exciting young player in the NBA in Luka Doncic, who was the rookie of the year last year, who is an MVP candidate this year, who might even be a candidate for most improved player, even coming off his uh, rookie of the year campaign and into just one of the more elite superstars in the league already in his second year. Um, they have a, a duo in Luca and Kristaps Porzingis, um, you know, the former Nick who came over in a trade last year. That was during the Super Bowl that that trade happened, but the uh, the one before this most recent one, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And so that that was a big, big deal. And they've been able to really take the season to gel. Um, both were dealing with injuries when the NBA stopped, and now they both had the time to get healthy and you know, from what I saw from last night, it's looking great. Um, and they have a really great supporting cast around them. They do a little lack in depth in some areas, but, um, you know, Seth Curry, for anyone who watched the scrimmage last night, the brother of Stephen Curry, and is an amazing sharpshooter in his own right. And, you know, he's going to be a key piece for them to, to then run through Orlando, this, um, this restart of that. And, you know, J.J. Barea, who's been around the team for forever with veteran leadership, they just have some amazing pieces and it's a really special team. And you know what? They all love each other. They all have fun together. If you follow them on social media, they're always doing hilarious things, you know, hanging out together. And it's just it's just been a joy to watch not only the beginning of the season as they started to kind of come together as a team, but, you know, just this this bubble that they're all in together and, and the fun that they're having, you know, getting to play basketball again together. And, you know, for those who don't know, Rick Carlisle, who's their head coach, one of the greatest coaches in the NBA. And, you know, he's going to be obviously one of the big keys to their success as well. Yeah, the Mavs have um, a youthful energy. Um, my wife and I just moved. Um, we lived in San Antonio forever. Very different uh, than the Spurs. The Spurs have, like, I mean, even, you know, circa 2014 when, when they were still operating at an elite level, on road trips they would go get coffee together they had like wine nights and things like that like they were very stereotypically old um or older veteran you know however you want to put that whereas the Mavs do feel like this like like when you go get a puppy like you go to the breed or whatever and like they've yeah. got the the like you know whole litter or whatever and that Lucas kind of I mean obviously the face of that but he does sort of exemplify that that energy and that pop that that makes them fun to root for and fun to watch yeah, and you know, for those who don't know, Luca has had a professional career before he came to the NBA. Hala Madrid, that's right. Yes, yes, and so he was he was the the sensation coming out of that league, and you know, going back to even the NBA draft when he was selected, I'm I'm actually still in shock from that night that he was able to fall as far as he did, and I think some of that is the reputation for you know for Spurs fans out there, Euros being soft, as you know, y'all well know, and 
you know, we've had that with Dirk. And so the Mavericks are just really not afraid of these international players. They have great international scouting and they have several players on their team who kind of, they've been able to bring out from overseas, you know, Maxi Kleba, for those who don't know him is a great example. He comes from Dirk's hometown of Würzburg, Germany. And he's been another key piece that they've been able to kind of internationally scout and find. So Luca is just, for those who haven't seen him, if you're just getting into NBA, I encourage you to watch the Mavs. They are, Luca is just an absolute, to your point, joy to watch play. He clearly loves the game. He's an amazing passer, which is something I feel like you don't see enough of in the NBA. And he's just, he's just joyful. It's a lot of fun. That really is the best word. Um, you said it, not me, but, um, and uh, like uh, Milwaukee kind of has a flair of that. Um, but they do have this, this flair of like, well, you know, like Giannis has already arrived. Like we're, we're, we're like mid arrival. It's like, like when you're going on vacation and the plane is landing, like that's where the Mavs are. Whereas the, the Bucks are like on the way to baggage claim. You know what I mean? Like you've already like breathed some of the air and whatever. And it's a little bit different. Um, but so th there is a lot of excitement. I will say, so I am a Spurs and a Mavs fan. Obviously my work has me very tied to the Dallas area. Um, I loved the 06 Mavs team. That was kind of the first year I ever really rooted for them. Um, and I've always kind of navigated the line between being a Spurs and Mavs fan. And I feel like the physical representation of that these days is Boban. Boban as a Spur. So uh, vividly, I went to a Spurs game with my family and I had told them, I was like, there's this guy, just watch. It's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. Joy is a, is a different word for Boban. Um, yeah. And I was like, it's, he's just this hero. Like he'll, he'll get in the game and everyone's going to go out. And my wife, my parents like, no way, no way. Sure enough, Boban gets in the game and, and he's like a mascot. But like, that sounds belittling, but he's not. Explain Boban Marjanovic, please. Oh gosh, I don't know <laughs> how you can explain someone like Boban. I think my favorite thing, and this is like maybe gives people an insight into Boban, he's either, I don't remember whether he's like the sponsor or like a co-owner of this company called the Big Blanket Company. And they make these blankets, you could probably look it up on Instagram, and I think our um, new managing editor at Mass Moneyball, Kirk Henderson, actually bought one for his wife for her birthday. They're just these like massive sized blankets that like Boban can actually fit under. And Boban is the biggest human being you have ever seen. He looks like a, a prehistoric, like massive person. And he is the most fun person. He, he's joyful again. Like, you know, this is part of the reason that this Mavericks team, I think, just plays together so well. It's like just they all have these personalities that just gel really well together. And he loves to joke around and, and play jokes with his teammates. There was a video going around um, not long ago of him with teammate Maxi Kleba messing around. He just he seems to make friends everywhere he goes. And it's just He's, you know, he's not a full game guy for those who aren't following that. Yeah. They have to follow Boban. He's, he's gonna, that guy who's going to come in, you know, high efficiency, come in for a few minutes and, and get you some of that energy back and, and give some of the other big men a break. And, but he, he actually played really well in the scrimmage last night. He was on fire for a while there. So he's, he's just, man, I was so excited when they got Boban and um, he's going to be fun to watch. Second leading scorer on the Mavs in the scrimmage against the Lakers. Um, you mentioned he makes friends everywhere he goes. He had a cup of coffee, back to that analogy, in Philadelphia. And Tobias Harris and he, yes. uh, the Bobby toby thing. Um, but, I like, there was just – there was something special. Because he, he's a he's a spur. Like, at, at heart, he's a, he's a spur-type player. Um, and when he, when he got the offer that he got from Detroit – and he left, there was a report that he didn't want to go just because he, he loved, and Pop was literally like, dude, you have to go. Like, you, 
like, you need to go make this money. Like, this is an incredible opportunity. Um, so that's that's what I think the Mavs kind of exemplify. There's there's somebody, it's like, um, like your favorite, not TV show, but your favorite sitcom that has like a character that everyone can identify with. There's, there's somebody that like you empathize with and, and has characteristics you enjoy. Luke is obviously the face of that, but there are these sort of supporting characters in that way. Um, you mentioned Porzingis. I feel like he gets lost. I feel like, like so many people just kind of, because of the Luke of it all, forget that he is this superstar. So the interesting thing about Porzingis is he was the biggest question mark for the Mavericks coming into this season. Um, you know, he was coming off that big ACL tear, the Mavericks traded for him knowing he was injured and mm -hmm. not knowing how he might come back. And the beginning of the season was very much that. He was rusty. He was absolutely rusty. And he was still trying to find his place in a Mavericks team where he had only ever played for one other team. So new coach, new coaching staff, new city, um, and coming off injury, having not played basketball, I think almost 18 months. And so that was rough. It was a rough start to the season. But once he got fully healthy and fully comfortable, there were a few games. And because of various injuries, he and Luca actually did not play together all that much before the season stopped. But when they were on the court together for a few games, they really started to develop that chemistry. And Porzingis by himself, Luca was out for a little while with an injury earlier in the season. And Porzingis had kind of gotten his feet under him by that point. And he was really taking command of that command of that team with Luca out. And so, you know, Luca mania, whatever you want to call it, it really does. I think the Porzingis story does get kind of lost in that because he really has found a good place in this team as, you know, the almost the co-number one. I mean, Luca mm -hmm. is wonderful and Luca definitely drives this team. There's no question about it. But Porzingis is a force unto himself. And we are very, very blessed as a city to have this duo in Dallas. I'm trying to think of another pair like that um kind of with co number ones um that's hard um maybe maybe and i know this is hurtful i realize the 06 heat you know d wade and shat kind of co number ones different different perspectives different you know different roles different um different qualities that they brought um how many free throws did Dwayne wade shoot in game three or whatever it was like five thousand something like that yeah uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I know it's a sore spot, um, but okay. So my I'm I'm leading into sort of the 101 part of this. For anyone that is going to watch the Mavs for the first time, and like I'm talking, sit down, legitimately watch them. How do you watch the Dallas Mavs? Because it's, it's, it's there's a way. How do you watch the Mavs? The first thing to know about watching the Dallas Mavericks is that when Luka Doncic is on the court, you're not going to be able to keep your eyes off him. He is mm. he's that dynamic. We've talked about it already. He's that dynamic of a player. Um, it's, it's really is. It's, he, he passes, he shoots, he's, he's joyful, he's all these things, and it's very hard to keep your eye off of him. So when he's on the court and he's running that offense, he is amazing. He's electric. Um, you know, the thing to know about these Dallas Mavericks is they actually have, right now, the best offense in NBA history. They're better than the 2018-19 Warriors. They're better than some of those Lakers teams. Like they are, they actually by stats have the best offense in the in NBA history. That and feels so good. It's evident when you watch them play. They are an offensive machine. At the same time, they are kind of middle to bottom of the league in defense. And so that's something that they really have to hustle on and really have to work on. They do have some guys, um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba, who I mentioned before, who, who can bring some energy on that end. 
but they really, you know, they lost a couple guys to injury this year. They lost Dwight Powell, who was a huge piece um, in filling that void that Dirk left um, and who continues to be a leader on the team. So he's with them in the bubble, even though he's not playing. And so that has hurt a lot. But, you know, so the first thing to know about watching the Mavs is Luca, And the second thing is, you know, the historic offense and, and the defense that they have to make up for. And then I would say the biggest thing to watch for with them is honestly Rick Carlisle. Their head coach is, you know, as you know, being both a Mavs and Spurs fan, there's not many coaches who can rival Greg Popovich in this league. And I always go back to, there was a series, and I don't remember which playoffs it was, but it was a, a playoff series that the Mavericks had no business being in. I want to say it was 2014. And Rick Carlisle took a bad Dallas Mavericks team to seven games against the San Antonio Spurs in the first round. And I don't think anyone still knows how he did it. And so he is just a master of in-game adjustments. He's crazy with rotations. He will throw anything out on the court to see if it sticks. And I think that's something that other teams in Orlando are going to have a lot of trouble with. You are right. It was the first round of the 2014 playoffs. That was the last Spurs um, title. They went seven games against Dallas. And at that, that was the Spurs team that was coming off having lost in seven to the Heat the year before uh, when Kawhi missed the free throw that nobody ever blames him for uh, because now Kawhi is untouchable in the eyes of everybody for whatever stupid reason. Um, (laughs) But, and then San Antonio went through Portland and then the Thunder in the Western Conference Finals and then destroyed the Heat. Um, Okay, so that's how you watch the Mavs um what what what's what's the x factor I mean I hate to be vague like that but what's what's the like if this wild crap happens that could only happen to the Dallas Mavericks because we I mean again this is a Cowboys audience there's a lot of stuff that could only happen to the Cowboys yeah so I mean the thing about the Cowboys or I'm sorry the thing about the Mavs is I actually think they're a pretty good analog for Cowboys fans and I am a huge Cowboys fan I was actually a Cowboys fan from birth and before I was even a Mavs fan so I, I watched the Cowboys just as much as I watched the Mavs and I think John they're... John toyed with getting into it too and he's been <laughs> on the edge so we have to push him over we really do he claims he's a Cowboys fan but I'm gonna believe it as soon as he sits there and watches the games with the same intensity I do Right. Um, but anyway, I think the Cowboys and Mavericks are are in almost similar places in in a strange way. You know, the lead both- offense and kind of so-so defense is a great way yeah. to you know kind of do that. Well, and exciting young players too. True. So it, you know, it's a really interesting it's interesting place that they're in right now. And so, um, remind me what the question is because I think we got off track. Remind me what the question was. Uh, what like an X factor? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I think with the Cowboys, like you always see that offensive line and if they have a player hurt, you know, it becomes a little more dicey. And I think for the Mavs, it's almost a similar thing with their starting five. If they have a guy in that starting five and and the starting five does kind of vary from time to time, but if you take out a Luca, you take out a a Porzingis or you take out a, a good example here would be Seth Curry. And I think, you know, if you're looking for an X factor, Seth Curry is probably that because he really provides that expert sharpshooting that the Mavs need. He's a key piece in their starting rotation most of the time. And he, you know, he does get hurt from time to time. And so I think if you take out Seth Curry, you know, they're still, as long as they have Luca and Chris Stapps, they're going to be fine. But Seth Curry really provides that kind of extra dose of energy. And for anyone who watched the scrimmage last night, they, they would see that. Okay. Well, um, my last one for you, and this is the, obviously the, like, you've got to do it thing. Um, and we're obviously in some unprecedented times, um, but how far do you see this match team going in the playoff structure or the season playoff structure that the NBA has in the bubble in Orlando? You mean just like in terms of like all the way versus? Where yeah. Like, yeah. What's their ceiling yeah. here? 
So, I mean, their ceiling is definitely the championship this year. And, and I, I'm not going to be coy about that because if really everything clicks into place for them, that's, we could see a run kind of like 2011, where it was an underdog Mavs team. No one really thought they were going to do anything. And they just kept kind of surprising teams. You can look back at some of their signature wins this season already. Um, the win against the Milwaukee Bucks earlier in the season comes to mind where they didn't even have Luka. And that was a game where Porzingis kind of went out of control and won that for them. And so I think you look at some of those signature wins. I mean, they're, they're a strange team in that they, they seem to beat the teams they're supposed to beat and don't show up against the teams they're supposed to show up against sometimes, um, you know, if they have bad injury luck, if they meet the wrong team in the first round of the playoffs. Mm. You know, Who's the wrong team? Who are you scared of? The Clippers. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and, and he who must not be named, for sure. I mean, I'm a big Kawhi <laughs> Leonard fan. Sorry. How dare you? <laughs> Well, so I live in San Diego, for those who don't know. And um, Oh, again, how dare you? Yeah, whatever. Kawhi is kind of how I got into watching the NBA. So I was, you know, unfortunate for me that he had to be a spur for so long. Great for you guys. But um, yeah, so it's, um, I would be afraid of the Clippers. Absolutely. I mean, we're not, I don't think we're going to get to a point where the Mavs are facing up against the Lakers. Um, but, you know, I'd be afraid of the Lakers too. So just, you know, the, the teams that you think would be scary are scary and if we could get you know if the Mavs could get a matchup against Denver who they've beaten a couple times this season um something like that I think that would be ideal and you know if they could get an easy path to a to a Western Conference championship I think that might work out for them it's just the right combination of luck and injuries and and matchups but I think I think that's absolutely the ceiling and I don't think there's many people who could disagree if you watch Luca. Okay. All right. Well, this, this was a good kind of primer um, for, for this week that's coming up um, obviously with the restart and everything Cowboys are, are ha- have this like one foot in training camp, but not really because of uh, all the testing and everything that's gone on. So this is a good kind of, you know, moment away to, to focus sports are back. I mean, that's really all that matters. Um, and, uh, and we hope you and John are doing well in your family. Um, Becca, give me a prediction for the Cowboys this year. Oh, gosh. Well, assuming they play a normal schedule. Right. Yeah. Well, let's assume normal schedule, no interruptions. I know that's a great assumption at this point no, in no time. No coronavirus outbreak. Right. <laughs> um, gosh, that's hard. Ten wins. Okay. So is that is, you got them winning the division there? Is that, that good enough to win the NFCs for you? Maybe. Depends on what the Eagles do. <laughs> always depends on what the eagles do i know they are the worst god i hate the eagles so they are the Kawhi of the nfl they are the worst um 10 wins feels fair and again like that felt like a fair floor before all of this um this is obviously an incredibly random factor and so this this can turn something one way or the other in a very strong direction uh depending on how it all goes really interested to see what the new coaching staff does I think that's going to be I mean so many people were waiting for Jason Garrett to to ride off into the sunset or other choice words that you might want to throw at that (laughs) yeah sunset or something else sure yeah whatever and uh yeah I'm really really interested to see how that coaching staff does because I have plenty of friends and I'm sure you do too who are like I'll start following the Cowboys again when Jason Garrett's gone and so there we go yeah um isn't it crazy that like what feels longer ago? Cause it's the same. Um, Jason Garrett taking over the Cowboys or the Mavs title. I think Jason Garrett taking over the Cowboys. That was just it, like, the title is so fresh in my mind just because it was the last time they won a title and it was so exciting. And Jason Garrett feels like he's been the Cowboys coach for like 9,000 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, yeah. 
that I, I remember that like that 2011 summer when people were like, well, because every year there's always like, um, like the year the Giants won the World Series, both of them, people were like, well, the 49ers could do it. And then the Bay Area, you know, whatever. And everybody started trying to like pick a city to like win everything. People were yeah. like, this could, and that, because at the time the Rangers were all, that was their kind of peak uh-huh. World Series. Not uh, either. Yeah. <laughs> that, but, you know, so Jason Garrett just couldn't get it done. That, that's, yeah. um, that's okay. That was Tyron Smith's rookie year. See, like uh-huh. 177 gave birth to like a whole generation that would give birth to another 77. So. Oh, and if you're wondering about the actual Luca 77, his number in EuroLeague was seven. Um, and Dwight Powell currently holds number seven for the Dallas Mavericks. And you would think like, okay, well, he should just give it up. And both Luca and Dwight are such nice guys. I don't think that was ever a consideration. It wasn't like a buying a jersey number off the guy situation. It's just like, no, I'm the rookie here and you're the veteran at this point. And you know, so it's just, well, just do 77 instead. It's my one, I have two real qualms with Luca, if I'm being honest. Love Luca, yeah. love everything about him. The 77 thing, I can't get on board with, but it is what it is. Also, so I feel this way about Pat Mahomes. I feel like he, he wears too many, like, there's a lot going on. Like, he has so many, like, bracelets and, you know, wristbands and stuff. Like, I, I just am concerned for him. Like, dude, like, imagine how much more mobile you could be without all that weighing you down and Luca to me feels like he's wearing a lot of stuff like he's got the the shirt underneath shirt and like yeah the, and then he's got like like a shoulder sleeve and like it's just like dude it must take you 30 minutes to get ready to put your jersey on so um, in, in the Mavericks uh training staff I trust they have one of the best in the league and so if they're telling him to wear compression shirts and long tights and and whatever he's just doing it for himself. he has a really great shoe game too for anyone that's who's true. That into shoes Luca's got a great shoe game and again, he's a Real Madrid fan um, and alum, I guess you could put it that way. Um, so, you know, they're champions as of late. So, um, you know, let's, let's get all that symmetry going. Um, Becca after six on Twitter. Um, you can find her tweeting about a variety of things, um, often about John uh, or their child or uh, the maps or whatever else is going on. It'll be much more sports now that we have sports to tweet about. During coronavirus, it's just been cute things my two-year-old says. <laughs> right. Uh, my absolute last one, give us, even though sports are back, people are still uh, watching a lot of things on streaming platforms. Give us something that you really enjoyed, that you Netflixed or something here as of late. Um, so two things that I've watched lately that I've enjoyed tremendously. Um, one is The Morning Show on Apple TV. Oh, um, with, with Jen and, yep. uh, and, and Reese. Anderson and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell, um, really good deep dive into, it's kind of like a Matt Lauer type story into the Me Too movement. And I think that's been, that was an awesome show that I enjoyed tremendously. And uh, the other for a little more lighthearted is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I have found to be refreshingly entertaining. Um, Okay, well, right on. I get emails from them because of espionation stuff um and i've always found it to be annoying um but hey if somebody likes it that's all that matters to me so okay well i can promise you i won't watch it um (laughs) but i'll at least think about it at the very least uh rebecca lawson gennaro again rlg are some strong initials like you know just 
like I have to if, get, go get something monogrammed. Yeah, because that looks really good. Uh, RLG. It's very new. Um, I didn't change my name until right before our daughter was born. Um, so they're newer initials for me. So well, I have, go I have get a lot of my old monogram, but I'll have to go get some new stuff. Yeah, go get like a pillow or like a like a like a thermal like a thermos or something like you got to. It's gonna look good. Um, trust yeah. me. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and for uh, giving us some Mavs one one. No problem. Big time thanks to Rebecca Lawson-Janal for taking the time to join us again. RLG, fantastic initials. She is on Twitter at Becca after six. Uh, Luka Doncic, obviously one of the most special players in the NBA. Um, and uh, look, the Mavs did lose their scrimmage on Sunday to the Indiana Pacers, and that's fine. But they did beat the Lakers the night before Becca and I talked. So, um, yeah, good vibes. We'll see what happens there. Um, the Spurs will not be competing to a high degree in the bubble. Um, so the Mavs certainly will be. So it'll be interesting uh, to watch what happens there. Um, something else on Sunday, if you care about this, Jalen Smith, Tyron Smith showed up in the NFL Top 100. Look, the NFL Top 100, we have finally reached the point with this thing. It's been going on so long that it is widely recognized and acknowledged how of not great quality this list is. It's cool that there are Cowboys players on there, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's, it's not that great of a list. And shout out to NFL Films. They do an incredible job. Uh, but it, just the way this is put together, the grading system, if you want to call it, the voting system, whatever it is, nah, not, not, really, um, not really reflective of, of what I think true value in the NFL is. But hey, that is what it is. Remember, on today's episode of Girls Talking Boys, we are starting something that we are all doing here on the podcast network. We are building our collective 55, or excuse me, 53, whatever you want to call it, 53, 55 uh, man roster. Um, Kelsey and Meg will be starting with the offensive line today. Tomorrow, Tony and I will get into the defensive line. We'll fill in the other position groups as we go on throughout the week on Talking the Star, broadcasting the boys, and finishing up on Friday once again with GTB. We will put together the roster that we think the Dallas Cowboys could possibly have at training camps end so don't miss out on a single episode so you get to hear the whole thing we are available wherever you get your podcast subscribe to one feed and you get access to all of our shows you get two shows every single day uh, we're on apple devices spotify TuneIn radio all major podcast platforms simply search for blog and the boys yeah subscribe if you can leave a rating write a review those things really 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 do help um it's uh, amazing how much they help. But, uh, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. You can also shoot me an email, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com, if that is more your speed. You can also do me a huge, huge, just I'm talking gigantic favor. Um, and that was how I started a sentence to a, a great friend of mine a few weeks ago when I asked him to help me move. But that's not what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you to have the best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.